Hello, everybody. Welcome to another show of the Game of Football Show, episode 65. And uh, yeah, uh, no show last week. Uh, sorry for that. I was off in Melbourne and Michael was away also. So uh, logistically, it wouldn't have um, it wouldn't have uh, worked out. So thanks for bearing with us for uh, not having your uh, reviews for a week. Uh, we are back this week, though, with quite a lot. Uh, we've had uh, two league winners. One of them re-won the title, which I'll get into uh, soon. And one team was, uh, in terms of MPLW anyway, uh, Canberra Croatia made to wait. That might be coming down to the wire. We'll get into everything with that with um, Jeremy McGahn. Webby should be joining us as well for CPL. So, Michael, uh, uh, it's all happening this week. How's it going? Yeah, it is happening this week, mate, you're certainly right about that, and I'm good. It's, uh, you know, a, a lot of sort of really good results over the weekend. Obviously, we've seen some triumphs in in terms of celebrations uh, of, of silverware of some kind, and, you know, there's some big other results as well across the three other competitions that we'll get into shortly as well, but another great weekend of, of football uh, festivities. So let's get into it. Indeed, let's start with Belcott United, Canberra, Croatia out at McKellar Park. Max Green and Dominici with the goals in this one. Heading into this one, the main story, literally just breaking that morning, was that Canberra, Croatia needed a draw to reclaim the league, uh, the league title uh, that they won a week prior. Canberra, Croatia would deduct the three points due to unsavory fan behavior and abuse. Um and it was announced that on the Capital Football website. Uh, so we won't dwell on that too much. In Canberra, Croach ended up winning the league uh, again. So Belcon United opened the score in the 26th minute as Dustin Wells made a, made a run and put in a fantastic through ball to Max Green, who ran it in behind, who ran in behind and hit it first time, I believe, over Sam Brown to take the lead. So Belco made one hell of a start to this one. Despite the great start, two minutes later, uh, they had a player sent off um, as Christian Kreskis charged in for a tackle. Uh, it seemed initially that the ref sort of played it on, but uh, when the player didn't get up, he had a chat to the linesman and uh, Christian Kreskis was given a straight red card. Canberra Croatia equalized after forcing an error in the box in stoppage in stoppage time of the first half. Like I said, just before half time, Stephen Dominici converted from the spot kick, and in hindsight, that would be the goal that re-won them their twenty fifth league title with two matches remaining after this one. Uh, Belco, like we said, started well. Uh, they did well to keep a draw despite being down to ten men. Uh, against Canberra Croatia with, you know, 60-plus minutes left of the matchup. Uh, unfortunately for them, though, a draw does not keep them uh, safely in seventh spot as they lost that this week to West Canberra Wanderers, uh, who got a victory over Monaro, which means that Belco are now in last place and trailing the Wanderers by one point with two games to play. So, like we've been saying the last couple of weeks, uh, these results... Doesn't mean this is how it'll end at the end of the season, but with only two matches remaining, it is all to play for between those two sides. And I think they're only like three points off Tigers as well. So 
with it all to play for in the last couple of matches uh, for everybody. And Belko end up back in eighth, uh, where they only spent one week, let's not forget, there a couple of weeks ago. So can they go, do it again next week? We'll have to wait and see. It's all to play for. And um, yeah, big, big times for all those sort of fighting for that relegation spot. And congratulations as well to Canberra Croatia. Like we said just then, 25th league title. Uh, quite a list of accolades there. Uh, obviously, um, they'll want to keep building momentum in these last two matches for finals and a well-deserved victory as well for the league. They have been the standard bearer um, of the league this season. Only like what I mean, the standard bearer is they've only lost one game this season, one 14 drawn for besides that in terms of the least amount of losses, Monaro have lost three and, Oak, uh, Gangalan is next with five. So, you know, quite a high standard as well from Dean Ugrinich's side. And they've had some absolutely terrific performances this season. So, well done to Canberra Croatia. Congratulations to them. They've been sensational, Matt. Like you said, they've been good from start to finish. And yeah, uh, nothing but big ups to them. And just want to extend my congratulations also. They've been fantastic this season. Next up, we had Tigers FC and Canberra Olympic play out a really sort of entertaining draw, Matt, on the weekend. Uh, obviously, all four of these goals came inside the first 45 minutes of play. And so that, as well, Matt. Yeah. Oh, some absolute beauties. And, you know, it it was absolutely sensational. I mean, all, all the four goals came inside the first, you know, the first half. None in the second half, but I mean, just what a game of football uh, this one was. And, you know, it all got started with, you know, a great left-footed curling shot from uh, Josh Golevsky to give Tigers the lead after some reasonably good sort of build-up play that helped sort of get the ball from one side uh, to the other out on the right where he was. And he sort of just, you know, got his inset wrapped around the ball and you could see the ball sort of just like curve straight into that, into that far corner. So it was a very nice goal to give Tigers uh, the lead. That didn't last uh, too long, though, as uh, Ihegi, you know, made it 1-1. And, you know, I, I think it was the obviously the response that Olympic were looking for after going behind. And I think in that moment that he scored, it showed a really good sort of striker's instinct to take a quick touch when the ball found him in the box. And then he sort of just unleashed a quick shot that launched into the top corner of the goal. So that made it 1-1. And from that moment, Olympic then sort of carried that momentum very quickly and scored just two minutes later uh, through James, who produced an absolutely sensational goal, Matt. This one was an absolute screamer. You know, a left-footed strike into the top corner from way, way out uh, of the box. The the keeper had absolutely no chance of stopping a, a strike of that quality and pace. It, it was an absolutely fantastic goal and definitely one of the goals of the, of the season, I'd say, most definitely. But even though Olympic did go two goals to one down, uh, sorry, even though Tigers went down 2-1, you know, they did well to sort of regather themselves, build a bit of composure, you know, and it's always hard to try and grap grapple that back after conceding two goals in the space of two minutes. But that's exactly what happened in terms of them just building on that composure to work the ball up forward 
And that's how they were able to get their equaliser four minutes before halftime through Kofi Danning, the former Olympic player himself. You know, an, another sort of goal that was well taken from a striker, just having that instinct that I was just talking about with the Heggie. He was just inside the box. There seemed to be a, a crowd of Olympic players in there ready to deal with the ball that sort of got fizzled back across goal. But Danning was just at the right place at the right time to steer the ball into the goal and make it 2-2. So I think Olympic might be a little bit disappointed they weren't able to get the, you know, to read the danger in that sense of where the ball was probably going to end up, which was at Danning's feet to score. And he finished confidently and yeah, that was 2-2. And obviously there was no goals to separate the two sides in, in the second half. Still obviously a very close and contested match but they couldn't be separated in the end. And Olympic, what this means for them is they maintain their position in fourth place. Matt, they're two points above O'Connor Knights. So a real, a real, real tight race for that fourth spot. And Tigers are obviously still in sixth place and they just find themselves only three points above the relegation zone. So they'll, they'll still be feeling the heat somewhat, Matt, but obviously there's still a few more rounds of football to go so we don't know what's going to happen over the next remaining weeks what's our next matchup and if i'm not mistaken as well i think mathematically like yeah. olympic have had that really good spot mathematically they are they can't get relegated um camber olympic as well so they've had a really good couple of weeks with those uh catch-up matches and now they're like you said in the top four what a difference a couple of weeks makes for canberra olympic huge Next up, uh, their O'Connor neighbours, O'Connor Knights, uh, against Bengali United. Russ and I were calling this one at at O'Connor enclosed. Gengalan opened the scoring to make it one nil as a free kick from Jeremy Habtamarian was put in the box, and then an attempted clearance from the O'Connor defence fell to Jack Green. After retrieving the ball, the gunner skipper turned his closest marker, dribbled between a few players going the long way around and placed it at the far post. Great goal from Jack Green there to open the scoring. Bengalan extended their lead after Mishkona Moshki put a ball into Will Roberts, who was able to control a high ball, then turned it around and buried it past Jack Miller. And if you haven't seen this one, go back and watch it. It was uh, not an easy ball to control. So uh, the youngster Will Roberts did very, very well there with a clinical finish to make it 2-0. Mishko Naomoshki made it 3-0 with an absolutely stunning free kick. Cur uh, absolutely um, curling free kick high and then dip for that uh, near right post just under the crossbar. Um, add that to the uh, annals of cracking free kicks we've had so far this season. O'Connor grabbed one back in the second half to make it 3-1 from Connor uh, after Connor Minot-Smith placed a, a really good corner uh, for Angelos, uh, Riley Angelo Santi, uh, scoring against uh, his old club, of course, which Russ literally just said, oh, well, it's bound to happen, right, isn't it? Everyone's been scoring against their old clubs in their literally the first game against them so far this season. Uh, not long after this, O'Connor had a chance to make it 3-2 after Connor Minot-Smith hit it over the bar. Gungarland took advantage of their next chance in the box as Jeremy Habtamarian was brought down in the box. Habtamarian stepped up from the spot kick to make it 4-1 and cancelled out the, the momentum that O'Connor was starting to grow at that time. Overall, very, very good performance from Gungarland. 
especially in the first half where I thought they were firmly in control of the matchup. Uh, this victory puts them above Monaro again in second place, seven points off Canberra Croatia. However, they will be unable to catch the league leaders as there are only two matches remaining. Uh, so now, and um, if, if, yeah, if Canberra Croatia didn't get a draw, then Gangala would still technically be in the race. But like we said, seven points off with two matches remaining, unable to do it. Uh, so now it's all about building momentum for Gangalan in terms of finals, uh, building those momentum in terms of finals. Uh, O'Connor had a really good second half, I thought. They were built, starting to build some momentum. And it's one of those what-ifs. If they finish that chance to make it 3-2, this was before, obviously, Gangalan got that extra goal. Uh, it could have been a different game. They could have, um, you know, built momentum, uh, even more momentum off that. Uh, wasn't meant to be, though. Uh, Gangala were able to see out uh, the victory and, and uh, sort of squash the O'Connor momentum with that fourth goal. Uh, this loss means that the Knights are now two points off fourth place Olympic with two matches remaining in the season. So heaps to play for in terms of O'Connor as they look to make the top four in their first season back in the top flight of football. Michael, what was the last match of the round? Last match of the round, Matt, was a bit of a, you could say maybe a bit of a shock result. But I mean, what a result it was for West Canberra Wanderers that you briefly touched on earlier in the show, Matt. It was West Canberra 1, Menara Panthers nil Away from home, West Canberra do it with, you know, minutes to spare towards the end of the match. You know, it's a huge victory for them, you know, against Monero, courtesy of, you know, a late goal that they were able to score in the 88th minute through uh, Saruti. And I think it could be, it could obviously prove huge for them in terms of West Canberra escaping relegation this season. And just going off Surti's goal, you know, he sort of picked up the ball in a little bit of pocket of space just outside the box. He just had enough time to sort of get his head up and see where the goal was, produce the shot. I think it took a little bit of a deflection on its way to the goal, but at the end of the day, Matt, you know, it ended up in the back of the net and sometimes luck just goes your way in that instance. And, you know, it proved to be the difference maker in the matchup and you could see how much it meant to the West Canberra players as well when they were celebrating there in the, in the corner, you know, it, it looked, it just looked as though that Minara sort of really couldn't get themselves going in this match, Matt. So I think it would, it's it's just one of those games that sometimes happens to, you know, the the good teams in the competition. You know, it's, sometimes it's just not your day and things aren't sticking and gelling as well as they normally would. But, you know, we all, all know what Monaro are capable of, you know, in terms of on a more consistent basis. So I have no doubt that they'll sort of be rearing to go uh, next week. And... You know, but at the same time, Matt, you have to give credit to West Canberra, you know, who fought extremely hard, you know, and they accomplished what they set out to do going into this match, you know, uh, coming up, you know, like I said, against a team that has been in really good form uh, for most of this season. They obviously find themselves in the top four in Monaro, but it's a huge result for West Canberra Wanderers and it's going to do them a world of good. And it's going to put pressure on those teams in and around them as well in that relegation sort of dog fight and sort of just leading on into that. Now, you know, West Canberra Wanderers, they now sit seventh on the ladder, Matt, like you said, they're one point ahead of Belco who now find themselves rooted to 
the bottom of the table and Monaro still sit in third place uh, by nine points. So, I mean, their third spot isn't really in jeopardy. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, maybe the result wasn't too much of a, you know, an impact. If you, if, you know, if I can put it in the, in those sort of words, you know, they've still got a comfortable cushion there in third spot. So, um, they they'll be fine in terms of you know staking obviously their claim in the in the top four, but it's a huge result for West Canberra, and they've just got to keep pushing now because it's going to come right to the absolute wire. It's going to come down to you know the last probably kick of you know the the game of the last round of the season. So everyone's just got to keep their eyes on it because it's going to be an absolutely fantastic finish to the end of the season. And I think it's also worth mentioning as well in terms of West Canberra that uh, they always usually show up against Monaro this season. It took a, I remember it was a, the last home match Monaro had, it was a penalty in the last five minutes uh, to beat West Canberra last time round. Um, and then also, of course, that final where West Canberra had the victory until literally the dying second of the match. So West Canberra always show up uh, for this Monaro match. And like you said, uh, West Canberra winning as well makes um, an even more sort of exciting end to the season. Only one point between them and Belconnen still uh, w- with that last spot. Tigers are three points off Belconnen. So we've got, you know, anything can really happen in these last couple of matches. Uh, let's go through the last match, sorry, the matches for the second last round of the season. Uh, with it all to play for in a few of these matches. West Canberra Wanderers versus Gungahlin United, Saturday, September 3rd, 2.15pm at Melrose Synthetic. Belconnen United, Saturday... Sorry, Belconnen United versus Tigers FC, Saturday, September 3rd, 3pm at McKellar Park. O'Connor Knights versus Canberra Croatia, the um, the Croatian derby, and also what Russ calls the Trevapi derby, Saturday... <laughs> September 3rd, 3 p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. And then Monaro Panthers versus Canberra Olympics, Saturday, September 3rd, 5.45 p.m. at Riverside. So quite a lot to play for there. Hello, everybody. Welcome to MPLW segment of the show. Welcome, welcoming back Jeremy McGahn. Jeremy, it's been a while. How you been, mate? Obviously, I've, a bit sick, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been good. Yeah, I've missed a few, haven't I? Uh, yeah, glad to glad to be back. Glad to be uh, back on the uh, fields as well this weekend and uh, and happy to be here with you Matt thanks for having me again always a pleasure let's get straight into the action Canberra United Academy 3-1 victory over Wagga City Wanderers uh, very good win for CUA away from home uh, Wagga made a po- positive start to the encounter by scoring the first goal of the game thanks to uh, Megan Castle CUA wasted little to no time to get back into it themselves into the contest following uh, with Barbour finding the back of the net to make it 1-1. Christofsson then scored a nice goal into an empty net uh, to give CUA the first lead of the matchup to make it 2-1. Reith Mueller put uh, the icing on the cake for the visitors after she produced an absolute peach of a strike from a long way out to make it 3-1 and cement the three points for her side. Jeremy, what did you make of this contest? Yeah, a good contest. I mean, it was the one game over the weekend that um, I guess didn't have any um, anything that mattered too much on the table in it, um, six against eight. Uh, but I think what's important is that Cameron United Academy finally put it out uh, on, on that losing streak. They hadn't won until, uh, uh, since they played Turgonong in that 
postpone games, uh, and so it was good for I think the young team to uh, to find a way to get back into the into the win. Uh, and Waga City is who they are, and the, the goal came in short. They got surprised quickly, and then Canberra United Academy showed the the power that they have and, and the technique that they have. Uh, it was it was good to see the the girls getting a run really, um, and seeing a few players that we haven't seen too much of uh, playing on and, and having a start. Alisa Barbour scoring was nice. Christopherson is just second game, second game back after the injury. Uh, good to see her uh, back on the on the score sheet as well. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of the game that I've watched thinking, oh, I'm wondering how much uh, what's going on in the locker room at that stage with those two teams, like, unfortunately not playing for anything anymore except trying to get as many points as possible like versus all the other three games that were a bit more uh, a bit more tense. That was a bit of the uh, the friend the friendly one of the of the weekend. And next up, Canberra Olympic 2-0 over West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, Olympics opened the scoring at the start of the second half after Michaela Thornton put in a cross for the pass far post, which found Ashley Sykes stretched out a leg to get on the end of it to make that 1-0. Olympic made it 2-0 with a terrific counterattack. Uh, 10 minutes from full time as Ash Sykes did a crisp 1-2 with Meg Roden and finished, her tra- finished with her trademark pacey run into the box and Berredith passed the keeper. Important victory for Olympic after the last-minute loss to Croatia last week, as well as considering uh, Croatia lost to Belconnen this weekend. Uh, Olympic retain, uh, remain in se- second place, five points behind the league leaders, but also have a match in hand, which will be played midweek. Uh, so with, the pot, with a possibility of making it a two-point gap uh, in the midweek uh, with their catch-up. There's still hope for Olympic in the race. And again, that might put some pressure as well on Canberra-Croatia um, when they play their next matchup. Uh, West Canberra have been on a good run of form uh, with two wins consecutively. And and after what's important, of, of course, of those two is that they navigated that um, rough patch of form uh, this loss means they are three points behind Gungahlin United, though, uh, and but they do have a match in hand. So if they can accumulate at least four points in the next two matches, they should be able to clinch finals football uh, with the last match of the season. Um, and also a milestone, uh, Tara Cannon playing her 50th MPLW matchup. Congratulations to her. A great achievement there. Uh, Jeremy, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, a lot in this game. Um, the one was, of course, three points ahead of, of Gangalin. Um, and so, yeah, that, those four points would be would be an, enough for them to get there and play against Wagasiji. I mean, we, we've, we've seen last week that you can't um, you can't discount the, the teams that are at the bottom of the table, but uh, technically that should give them three points. And, and then um, they can hope that Olympic and Canberra Croatia are going to do the job by not letting Gangarin uh, win both games. Uh, but anyway, th- there was a lot in this game, of course, uh, because the points were very important. Um, you know, I think Olympic, um, you know, kind of can rue the, that last second goal uh, from, from Sokins that they conceded against Canberra Croatia, because if they hadn't, uh, they'd be much closer right now and, and they could make it uh, a real battle, um, almost with fate in their hand for, for the title. Uh, the game itself this weekend between Olympic and, and the Wanderers, um, KG, the, the first half, I mean, we know how the Wanderers play. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm always, um, I'm, I don't know if, if surprise is the world, like I'm, I'm a neutral, I like to uh, watch it, but I always enjoy seeing um, them 
basically nullifying the other attacks. There was not a lot of shots on target for, for Olympic up until halftime. Uh, there was not a lot of opportunities really to bother Ali Hinson. And in the second half, when uh, when finally they, they make it to, to put that defense in balance, they score. And then Ali Hinson had to do a few saves and she did it well. Um, so it, it's, it's good to see that um, the Wanderers can do it. I think we've said it before and, and I'll say it again. Um, Olympic is definitely not helped when they play home um, on O'Connor. Uh, the style of, of football that this team plays um, is definitely not helped by a, by a pitch that's so bubbly. Uh, so it, it was probably to, to their detail to, that they had to host that game and eventually uh, they can count on the talent that they have in their ranks and, and Ash Sykes, the, the first goal, the second goal. Uh, she just did the job. She tried to give a couple of assists as well to not keep it all to, to herself. Uh, but it's an important win for, for Nicole Beg. I think, you know, it's the team that they might um, face at one point in, in postseason, depending on how things go. So it's that psychological um, psychological advantage. And it's also, again, that pressure put on the, the reigning champions who are, um, you know, making a few mistakes uh, this week. So with the game in hand that they're playing against Tuggerlong on Wednesday, they can get closer. They're playing um, two, two not easy games to, to finish. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's good to see that they decided to make the end of the season um, a little bit tighter for us. And the team they play midweek also played on the weekend against Gungahlin United. Gungahlin United came out 6-1 winners over Tuggerlong United. Um, there were a few milestones in this one as well. Sammy Ems played her 50th MPLW match and Piper Lockley also played her 50th MPLW match. Congratulations to them both. A great achievement there. Uh, regarding the match, uh, Michelle Heyman showcased uh, why uh, she's one of the more one of the most celebrated strikers in MPLW with a hat trick and uh, she assisted that blitzing start from uh, Gungali United, scoring two of the opening four goals. Uh, Percival and McGlashan rounded out those four goals and Sharon Chow rounded off that first half with Gungalan scoring five goals in the first stanza, as Russ likes to call it. There were less goals in the second half as it was a draw technically in that one with Tuggies getting a goal back through Sini and then Six minutes later, Michelle Heyman rounded off her hat-trick. Uh, it should be mentioned as well, in midweek, Tuggies, uh, which was a credit to them, got a draw against Canberra, Croatia, um, which, as we know, is very tough to do. They've only just lost the game this weekend, let alone drawn a lot of matches this season. So credit to Paolo Romero's side there. And credit to the Gunners as well, as they're now only three points behind West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, West Canberra do still have a match in hand to play. And once again, Andrew Woodman's side off to really good form. And this side has really turned around their form while Andrew Woodman has been in charge. Um, haven't they, Jeremy? Yeah, they have. Uh, I mean, they they are trying to get to that top four. They're only three points behind the Wanderers. We mentioned it. Uh, the Wanderers do have that game in hand, so it's going to be hard for Gungain, especially when... Yeah, the last two games are Olympic and Croatia. So that's not going to be a, an easy calendar for them. But they they are turning up where when um when it's a bit too late, but they're turning up. Michelle Heyman did what she does best. She's she knows that she's able to dribble past most defenses in, in this competition. She's the talent that she is. Uh, but she was, you know, very um like she 
she focused and she was applied at the end and she knew how to find the back of the net. Uh, that goal from Maddie Percival, uh, if you're listening, well done, Maddie. I don't, we've seen you score a few goals, but a goal like this where, uh, where she drives through uh, basically half of the defense, even though she's, no one really is trying to, to stop her and then she decides to shoot from the outside of the box was, uh, was magnificent. Uh, what we saw, though, um, clearly is the amount of energy that was spent on Thursday for, for Togrenong, um, the, the hard work that they had to put to be able to get that one point against Canberra Croatia. I mean, the stats were like 20 shot to two or something like that. Sammy Ems was excellent. And so was the whole team uh, in their pressure and in their, um, and in their dense defense. We saw that, that it was hard to keep it and to keep doing it three days later against Gungai. And I'm, I'm assuming there was barely a training between the two, maybe just a bit of a catch up to try and make sure the motivation stays up. Uh, but yeah, the, the fact that Gungarin was able to do what Canberra Croatia failed to, which is scoring early and scoring more than one early, uh, made it a bit hard for the Gunners. They didn't stop uh, working. They didn't stop playing the way they play in the second half. Um, you know, they do 1-1 eventually in the second half. They do score uh, a, a nice goal. They had a few opportunities like this where a player might be forgotten into the box, which which might be one of the worries that Andrew Woodman needs to um, look at. But, uh, but in the end, uh, yeah, Gungarin a bit too much for, for Togrenong. Again, that, that makes it uh, nice to, to finish. That means that, you know, Olympic is not going to finish uh, freewheeling, neither will Canberra Croatia, because Gungarin will want to try and get a win against those both teams. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, Michel Heyman playing against the two best teams of the competition to finish the season. Definitely ones to look out for there. And another match uh, that was can't miss on the weekend, Canberra Croatia losing... Their first match of the season, 2-1 to Belconnen United. Belco opened the scoring as Olivia Bonford dinked a very, very nice ball over the top of the Croatia defence. Meanwhile, Nat Vasta seemed to sort of half come out and then half back off, uh, then tried to go forward again. However, by that point, Olivia Backhouse hit it first time and nicely placed it in the back of the net. Heading into halftime, Belconnen... Uh, was set up incredibly well from uh, Scott Conlon, as we have witnessed over the last few matches that Belka have played against the likes of Olympic and Canberra, Croatia. Belka probably had the best chance as well after the goal in that first half. Riley Ewan just hitting it wide. Croatia's best chance in the first half came probably from Britt Palombi. Um, however, Croatia seemed pretty frustrated as at a well-organized and very quick-breaking Belko side in that first half. Uh, Croatia equalized in the 62nd minute as Jamie Berkeley um, whipped in a pitch-perfect cross to the head of Krista Hagen, who headed it with such precision to make it 1-1. Belko disrupted Canberra Croatia's momentum once again by striking back in the lead-up after Olivia Bonford's cross found Sofia Poliwoda with a bullet of a header again to make it 2-1. Big victory for Belko as they became the only team to defeat Canberra Croatia in the league this season. A uh, very astute performance from Scott Conlon's side. And they are well and truly solidified in third place, 13 points above fourth place, West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, in terms of form over the last week, uh, Canberra Croatia dropped five points from a possible six with the draw to Tuggies midweek, as we just mentioned there, and this loss to Belconnen. Uh, in saying that, though, to go this long into the campaign uh, without being defeated, uh, once again, is a testament to Zoran Glavinich's side. Uh, but uh, there were challenges in this matchup that were raised that I'm sure that they will be uh, 
looking to rectify before the finals. They still remain in first place, five points above Olympic, but they have one match in hand as well. So the league title will still be up for grabs. It will be all to play for in the last couple of matches of the season. And uh, in terms of achievements, uh, Samantha Price played her 100th NPLW match. So congratulations to her. There was a lot in this one, Jeremy. You were there calling it with uh, Russ. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, great game. I mean, we did both Canberra Croatia this week with, with Russ, uh, and and we were both surprised. Uh, you know, we can see that both ways. Both Tergrenong and uh, Belkonen have shown blueprints to you know this is how you can bet Canberra Croatia: the high press, the the dense defense, uh, nullifying that midfield that we know has made so many so much damage all season. Um, at the end of the day, though, the reason Canberra Croatia doesn't win is because Canberra Croatia doesn't play how they are supposed to play and how we used to see them play. They are their own worst enemy, uh, and and I think it's it's clear. And I'm sure all the players uh, of the of the reigning champion squad will, will think the same thing. Um, it's goals that are available, uh, avoidable. Excuse me. Uh, that second goal on the corner, it's a near post. It should be a player or the keeper getting there before Sofia Paliwoda. I mean, no offense, it's a great header uh, by Sofia, but she's not the tallest player in the pitch. Pitch and there's no, she has no right to be here by herself, a meter away from the from the goal line and, and heading it in. Uh, and we've seen Croatia playing a little bit better when uh, Jenny Bisset comes back in. She, you know, she was missing for a while. Before that, it was Krista Hagen who's back from injury. There was a few injuries this season for for Canberra Croatia, and eventually, I guess it had to um, to give in. You know, if you're Canberra Croatia, you'd rather drop the points now. Um, and, and you know, seeing that whole uh, rethinking yourself and and almost being frustrated and upset at yourself for not getting points right now that it doesn't matter and that fate is still in your hands uh, and then and then bouncing back better to, to finish the season. Uh, but all that said, Belkonen was impressive. The, the, the game plan was there. The press was great. It was high press, but it was high press without going ever onto the two centre-backs, just waiting for them to release the ball. And as soon as the ball was released, you would see, uh, you know, Kira Bobin and Riley Ewan and, and Olivia Bonfort, their backers, just speeding onto whoever was going to get the ball next. So it was just well done. And uh, I think, again, you know, something that now now the other teams know that Belkonen can do. Uh, so they're probably going to be ready for it uh, a little bit more. Uh, but it, it was impressive. Belkonen, if they're up 3-0 at halftime, uh, no one would say anything because they had so many opportunities. So it was a, a lot of a lot of learnings during that game for both coaches, I'm sure. Canberra Croatia, it's a it's a disappointing week, and I think it's a disappointing week for the players and and for uh, Zoran as well. Uh, they're going to have a little bit of time to think it through and uh, and rectify. Um, you know, I said before the game, I wouldn't like to be uh, Bacon United facing Canberra Croatia just after they uh, they drew against Tugernong. Uh, well, I'll say it again. I wouldn't like to be um, the Wagasiti Wanderers playing Canberra Croatia after they've dropped five points in in two games because they probably will come back with a with a vengeance. Uh, so we'll see how it does. Again, it from a neutral point of view, it's awesome. It gives us a, an amazing end of season. It, it makes everything tight everywhere. Uh, Olympic at the end of the day, if they don't win their last few games, uh, well, Belkonen can knock on the door. Um, so it's everywhere. It's going to be a little bit tight, and there's going to be a lot to see in those uh, last couple of games. Um, this was what you would expect to see from a finals game. So it was great to see a bit of a preview of what the last three games of the season will be. Certainly was a terrific game. Uh, regarding the matches this weekend, it looks like from uh, Dribble, there was um, a reschedule of the Wanderers, the Battle of the Wanderers um, over at Wagga. So 
as it stands on Dribble Saturday, September 3rd, 12 p.m. at Rawlings Park in Wagga. Uh, the Wagga City Wanderers will host West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, this next match is TBD, depending on um, uh, the availability of the Wanderers the next day. But Wagga City Wanderers will play Belconnie United Sunday, September 4th, 2.30 p.m. at Gissing Oval. Gungala United against Canberra Olympics Sunday, September 4th, 3 p.m. at Gungala and Enclosed. Canberra United Academy versus Tuggeron United Sunday, September 4th, 5.10 p.m. at Hawker Football Centre. And um, we believe the Croatia and West Canberra one won't be taking place on Sunday, but uh, Dribble doesn't say so yet. So I guess take everything with a pinch of salt. Jeremy, uh, any matches there that uh, stand, out, stand out to you the most? Well, Russ will be there for uh, Gunga United against Canberra Olympic, and I think that's definitely the, the game of the weekend because there'll be a, a lot at play there. Uh, I'll be commentating the, the later game, the Academy against um, Tugranong for a little bit of a, um, a, a chill uh, end of end of Sunday and watch some good football on uh, on Hawker over there after uh, probably what would be a busy day at work with with Father's Day. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to that to that game that I won't be able to see until after I commented mine between uh, between Gangarin and Olympic. And of course, whenever it's played, uh, the Wanderers against uh, Canberra Croatia will be um, definitely something that we want to watch. It certainly will. Uh, any last words before we head off, Jeremy? And thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. And uh, look, I'm actually looking forward to uh, the, the game on, on Wednesday night. You know, can Tergrenong um, be a problem for both the top two teams to, two weeks in a row? I think it's a good challenge. And I think uh, Paolo Romero and his team uh, will definitely try and, and be an issue for Olympic. And back with our CPL segment, joining us is Chris Webb. Webby, thanks for joining us again. It's been a while. We're happy to have you back. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Uh, let, before we get into CPL, uh, where we have crowned a uh, league champion, let's go to State League quickly. Webby, can you please give us your State League wrap-up? State League 1, of course. Uh, look, the, there were some very interesting things that happened in State League in the end. As we kind of last talked about it, you know, we, we really talked about a Western and Gungahl and Juventus race with kind of ANU sitting, lurking in the shadows. Um, and then that kind of UC and Bell North really being the big five teams that kind of really battling it out for the top four. Um, probably since we last, I, I think I may have mentioned it, but I can't remember since we last talked, um, there was quite the controversy and I, and I probably will uh, not go into it in too much depth. Um, but, but again, ANU uh, and whether who's at fault here, capital football slightly, um, ANU hosted both uh, Western and Gungahl and Juventus both times without referees, both times with uh, ANU providing their own referees. And look, um, all I'll say is there was a lot of controversy about around both of the games. But in the end, ANU came out um, with the three points uh, on paper at, with both games. And uh, that was enough to see them actually take the... Uh, the league championship. It actually came down to the last game. Western was still ahead of ANU by one goal on goal difference. Um, but Western came up against fifth place Bell North, who needed to win to get into fourth spot. Um, and ANU were playing against um, the other ANU team, which who were, were a lot lower down on the table. And it was actually quite uh, 
quite an interesting game. ANU were losing that game um, with about 10 minutes to go and it turned it around and 1-3-1. But Western, uh, so all Western needed was a 1-0 win, I think, would have got them through. Um, but they lost. They they lost um, to Bell North. I think they had a couple of send-offs, Western, and so it was, it was a pretty uh, disastrous um, on their behalf. But... The controversy didn't stop there. Um, Bell North, instead of actually creeping into fourth spot like they thought they did, um, because they were ahead of UC on uh, points per game because they played a game less than UC. Well, so the story goes. I haven't, I'm not, this is all very anecdotal. Uh, UC ended up going through with one single point more and playing a game more. So, um, they didn't go on points per game. They just went on total points. So Bell North thinking that they got into fourth spot, but they didn't end up getting in there. So that was two weeks ago. Uh, ANU, league champions, Western in second, Gungal and Juventus into third, and UC then taking fourth spot. They played the semifinals uh, on Saturday. I went out and watched a bit of both the games. Um, Western... Beat Gangal and Juventus two nil. Um, a much closer game than the than the scoreline uh, suggests. Uh, Josh Wade, the goalkeeper from Western, really probably kept single handedly or single footly a couple of times kept them in the in the match. Um, and in the other match, it was uh, even more crazy. UC were winning that game, I think two one, with about five minutes left. Then they scored an own goal and then ANU scored to win that game uh, 3-2. So uh, the top two ANU Western will be meeting in the final. So it should be very interesting. But in terms of promotion and relegation, no one's quite sure what that means um, as ANU ANU and Western are both um, already in CPL. And so Juventus was kind of the only team, but coming third, um, it would be a bit of a surprise if they pushed through with promotion from third spot. So that's still to be uh, that's still up in the air at the moment. I'm sure we'll have something on that before uh, we wrap up the podcast for the year. Uh, let's get straight into the CPL action, shall we? Tuggerong United winning the league title after this result, one-one draw to the Brindabella Blues. Dean Tomeski scored the opening goal of the matchup, 59 minutes into the contest. This was uh, Tomeski's first goal for Mitch Stevens' side as he joined from Queanbeyan City in the mid-season transfer window. Brindabella Blues fought back to equalise through target man Curtis Schaefer five minutes later. The Brindies uh, needed to settle for a draw despite trying to make that, uh, despite making that comeback. This uh, means that the Brindies are now three points off the top four in sixth place with two matches remaining in the season. Uh, So heaps to play for there for the Brindies. Uh, Dean Tomeski's 64th minute goal was a historic one for Tuggerong as it meant, as it uh, gained them promotion back into the MPL for next season, as well as being crowned league champions. Congratulations to Mitch Stevens' uh, side, Mitch Stevens, Stan Mitchell, and all the Tuggerong uh, boys on this achievement. Uh, this, uh, this sort of, you know, they sort of put aside their relegation last season. Um, obviously after, you know, being relegated despite technically, uh, mathematically still being in the comp, uh, due to COVID and, uh, put that aside, just focus on the task at hand and put on several terrific performances, 
uh, to take them straight back to MPL. So, uh, Webby, at the start of the season, you were tugging on one of your favourites to go up, and um, uh, it was definitely well-deserved, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, as I probably said in the pre-season, you know, I thought it would be a, a really tight race between Tuggeranong and ANU, but, um, uh, you know, ANU really shown that form the last few weeks, but definitely not consistently enough through the season. Um, but Tuggeranong have been very, very good um, and, and consistent. You know, are they the best team I've seen in this competition? Probably not, but they're up, they're up there. And but their consistency has been very good, and sometimes when they've been on, they've been uh, exceptionally good. Um, their front line is just it's fantastic, and and the free flowing football that they can play and their high press uh, that they can play, um, it's very impressive at times. So look, very very deserved, and and it's great for the club. I look, I'm just trying to rack my brain. I'm not sure if it's the last time, but I remember I think it was back, and is a long time when I was playing in '90. Eight, I think Tuggeranong got relegated and, you know, it was a very storied team that stuck together and went down in, in, in 99, the likes of Scott Conlon and his brother Mark and some of these guys who played that division down and got them promoted instantaneously a year later and back up. So, um, you know, those guys are kind of legends around that club, but this team to do it again, get relegated, bounce straight back up within the year, um, you know, it's look, I think that these guys will also kind of go down in, in the club history as, um, you know, it's been very impressive and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them next year. And quickly before we move on, in terms of uh, the Brindies, find themselves three points off um, the top four with only two matches remaining. Uh, what do you make uh, of the Brindies uh, in the last couple of matches? Yeah, look, um, I, I saw them... Uh, last week against Western, and um, it was a very tough game. Um, it was it was very even game. They 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 ended up winning that in the last minute with a uh, a, a definite penalty. But um, so I, but you know they had they got pushed the whole way. But um, you know the effort that those young guys put in was was really good. Um, they kind of had that top four spot concrete for a little bit. They let it slip, but they're just kind of just getting themselves back into the right shape coming to finals. I think if you look at the fixture list, you know, they've got Wagga who are three points ahead of them um, and Ugali at home. So they're definitely two very winnable games um, for them. While, and when we probably get into this, you know, Wagga and, and White Eagles who are around them have much harder fixtures. So uh, I'd almost say Brindy, and I don't want to put the kiss of death on them, are probably... Uh, my know favorite. you've done that this season. Let's not forget that. Probably, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So um, I apologise to the Brindy guys, but they're probably who I have favourites to, to nab that fourth spot from here. Yeah, next up we had uh, White Eagles up against uh, Queanbeyan City in one of the more sort of storied uh, CPL uh, fixtures, uh, certainly, uh, for a number of years now. And uh, Queanbeyan came away with a 2-0 uh, victory uh, in this game, courtesy of Mensah scoring a double in the second half. Uh, the informed veteran forward, you know, he opened the scoring in the 66th uh, minute there, and then he made it 2-0 12, 12 minutes later with his second goal. Uh, off the game, you know, capping off some some great form that he's been in over the last sort of recent weeks. So that's a 
very positive sign for Queanbeyan uh, City, especially sort of heading towards this final part of uh, the season. You know, Eagles, you know, they weren't able to back up their uh, 2-0 midweek uh, victory over Brindies uh, with a win here against, you know, like I was saying before, against one of their sort of storied rival, rivals in Queanbeyan City. But, you know, before this loss, you know, they they had won two consecutive matches in a row. So they had built up a little bit a little bit of momentum, sorry, before they were shut out in this one uh, by Queanbeyan. Uh, Queanbeyan, you know, they still remain uh, in third place, uh, one point behind ANU and eight points behind uh, Tuggeranong, who, like you discussed earlier, have clinched uh, promotion, which means hopes of promotion for a club like Queanbeyan is now sort of evaporated into thin air. And, you know, the same goes for, for ANU uh, as well. That was briefly sort of touched on. But, you know, it's all about sort of building momentum for finals football now for, for Queanbeyan and, you know, try to take back second place. And they've just got to keep sort of moving forward in that way with having that sort of in the back of their minds uh, going forward. On the, on the flip side of it, you know, the loss means for White Eagles, you know, they missed out on, you know, an opportunity to jump into the, jump into the top four uh, on the weekend. So that that will sort of shot their confidence a little bit, knowing they had that opportunity to sort of get themselves back into the top four. You know, that so currently as things stand, you know, they're, they're one point behind fourth place uh, Wagga and two points ahead of sixth place uh, Brindies. So, I mean, it's all very sort of tight in terms of the total points there for the clubs in and around that sort of top four. And, you know, over the next few weeks, I mean, it's going to come down to the absolute wire. I mean, we were talking about that, Matt, when we were discussing the the MPL uh, as well. And it's a, you know, it, for Queanbeyan, it's more or less, you know, like I mentioned before, they've just got to have that sort of main focus of just trying to do the best that they can now, knowing that whilst they don't have promotion you know, uh, as an achievable sort of goal now. They've got finals football to play and they've just got to solely focus on that. And for Eagles, I mean, it's going to come down to the absolute wire for them to try and sneak into the top four. And Matt, you mentioned that, uh, I don't know, sorry, I think it was Webby that mentioned that their run home will be a little bit harder compared to those clubs sort of around them to finish off the season. But Webby, uh, what did you make of this result sort of for Queanbeyan and, you know, in particular, you have Michael Mensa scoring, you know, a double. And it seems as though he's been in some sort of really good form over the past sort of few weeks. So, I mean, overall, a, a good result uh, for Queanbeyan in this highly anticipated matchup. Yeah, look, um, we talk about this one. Um, yeah, it's a big derby game and form goes out the window. Yeah. Uh, I think White Eagles will be very, very disappointed with the result. As you kind of said, they're on a little bit of a mini run. Um, and and that win would have put them into the top four, two points ahead. Um, and they just kind of would have then looked to just consolidate and hold on. Um, but instead, really, uh, Queanbeyan have actually now closed that, you know, stayed in that race with ANU and they're definitely pushing now for second spot, which is, um, you know, a coveted spot. Um, so, uh, I think it's, look, it, Queen Bin have been a very, very consistent 
I think that, as you kind of said, they'll be a little disappointed with how the seasons panned out when they were really at one stage pushing Tuggeranong. They, you know, they led the very start of the season um, and, and were still pushing Tuggeranong um, kind of come midway through the season, but they they really let that slip. But they're, they're finding form in the right uh, time and uh, definitely coming into this coming into these final series. You know, ANU have got a lot of form. Tuggeranong, on the other hand, have only picked up a point in the last two matches, so it's not the best form for them going into finals. I don't know how much they really care about finals. You know, they they got the promotion. But, um, yeah, I know a, a club like Queanbeyan definitely will. And so, look, I think I'm not sure. I haven't seen, uh, haven't done the maths on the table, but whether that's guaranteed Queanbeyan now into a semi-final spot. But I, I dare say whether it, the maths is there and pretty much just has locked them in anyway. And as we said, it's put Tuggeranong now, uh, it's put White Eagles now in a pretty tough position. Their last two games, pretty sure, are the top two, ANU and Tuggeranong. So it's going to be pretty hard for White Eagles to, you know, pick up probably the four points that they would need to get themselves uh, into finals. So going to be it's going to be tough tough for white eagles but you know they're they're essentially as i, I kind of talk about you know really that the standard bearer of this league so uh if, if anyone could kind of make a late dash white eagles can do it absolutely matt who have we got who have we got next up and uh yeah Queenbian are like eight points ahead of wagga who are in fourth so they're mathematically definitely in a final spot there webby Next up, we have ANU, 1-0 victory over Wagga City Wanderers. ANU scored the only goal of the match near the end of the game as a free kick was put into the box and Jan Waronia got on the end of it and buried it. The, you could you could see it on their uh, Instagram page. The elation and the celebration was quite telling as um, this streak of form uh, extends to seven wins and everyone off the bench went to go celebrate um, they still remain in second place, one point above Queanbeyan. Promotion like, promotion, like we mentioned, is no longer on the table as Tuggies claim the honours with ANU's victory over them last week, making meaning they had to wait another week. Uh, this fantastic run of form from ANU, uh, not to take anything away from this great form, but it makes you think if they hit this form earlier, what could have been uh, in terms of them for that promotion race. Regardless, though, uh, well done to Talal Safar and his side. They've really put a good run of form here over the last seven games and even before that as well. So nice momentum for them heading into the finals. Uh, Wagga, on the other hand, suffered uh, their second consecutive loss as they lost just before full time. The River Inner side still remain in fourth place, one point above. White Eagles and three above the Brindies, meaning that fourth spot will be tightly contested in the next two games. Wagga have Tuggies next up. Uh, they'll be uh, decently confident heading into that one as well, knowing that the last time they played Tuggies, they were they did come out for three uh, winners. So that should be an interesting matchup there. Uh, Webby, thoughts on this one? And uh, I think we touched on it in terms of ANU and their uh, form in that regard, the seven wins. Yeah, yeah, look, um, yeah, I saw the goal, Jan's goal. Yeah, I think it was the 89th minute and it was uh, fitting because uh, ANU was celebrating their 60th 
um, anniversary and that was a kind of the gala day. So um, they would have been disappointed if they didn't come away with the win. So um, Jan kind of kept kept the crowd happy. Um, yeah, like you said, great, great work from Talal to turn this team around. And as you, as you said, if they could have found this form early on, it would have been a different story. Seven wins means they've beaten everyone in the competition in succession. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive in itself and great form coming into finals. Um, for Wagga, yeah, again, someone who would be disappointed. They were kind of almost concrete in third spot four weeks ago, but um, have had some very interesting results in the last four games, you know, getting beaten heavily by Western and then an absolute smashing against Ugali and then losing the next two. So all of a sudden from being concrete into third, they're now well and truly in a, a dog fight for that fourth spot. So um, whether they can hold on, as I said, I've already put the kiss of death on Brindy to take that spot and, and think Wagga might just let it slip, but we'll, we'll see. And um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I, and I think, for Wagga, they'll be very, very disappointed if they don't hold on to that top four spot. Yeah, next up, we've got Yulgali uh, up against uh, Western Malonglo. It was a 3-1 win for Yulgali yeah, in this one, courtesy of Donadell, Vitucci and Piva scoring for the hosts and Hollis scoring for the away side in this game. Yulgali, you know, they blitzed, uh, you know, in the first half, you know, they, they scored all three of their goals in, in the first half in, you know, in hindsight, you know, virtually completing the contest, you know, in, in the first half, Donadell opened the scoring in the 12th minute, you know, uh, Vitucci scored you know, on the 30 minute mark and then Piva scored sort of two minutes just before halftime in the 43rd minute. So that sort of just really set Yulgali on their way, having that three nil advantage in, in the first half, you know, the, the victory, you know, the victory has ended a four match, you know, losing streak uh, for Yulgali in that one. So, you know, as they look to finish the season strongly as possible over the next two games, I think that will do them a world of good that they were able to sort of get themselves out of this rut that they found, had found themselves in, in terms of just not being able to get the results. And, you know, in this match, they were able to get the win. So they'll be looking to use that now and finish the season strong. Like I said, only two games left. So you sort of want to go out on your shield and really sort of perform up until the end of the season. You know, you know, Western were, you know, coming into this trip with some with some good form. You know, they picked up their first points, you know, in a win, you know, and then, and then they had a draw. Um and, and last week, you know, they put in a solid effort with a narrow two one loss to the to the Brindies. So it sort of just goes to show how far Western have come from the start of the season to sort of the performances that they've been able to put together over the past sort of three weeks. Um, you know, the Magpies, you know, they they were able to start the second half in a strong way by scoring the opening, you know, goal sort of like two minutes after the restart through Hollis. And, you know, despite that goal, though, they, they just weren't able to make, you know, that comeback. And I, th I think the sort of first half performance cost them in that way. But I guess that they can really take positives out of that second 45 minutes to, you know, score a goal early and, and not ship any more goals for the remainder sort of of that game. Webby, what do you make of this result for uh, Yulgali and uh, on for Western as well for, from their sort of perspective uh, with, with two games to, to go for both of these teams? 
<clears throat> yeah, look, I can talk to you for a long time about this game because I, I was out there. And um, <laughs> to be honest, and, it, and it's no disrespect, it was one of the poorest um, quality games I've seen in a while. And I would say really to no disrespect for either team because it wasn't either team's fault. Um, the conditions were tough. The, the pitch is in very bad nick, but it was actually quite hot out there. I think it was 22 degrees out there, which I don't think either the Ugali or, or the Canberra guys were used to weather like that. So um, it was very slow game and on a very, very bumpy pitch. Um, <clears throat> Western trying to play out too much from the back on a, on a pitch that was not suited to that. And, and Ugali were very good at picking them off in the first half. Um Weston started the game with nine fresh players, you know, obviously traveling pretty light, but that was actually more than Ugali at home. They, they actually started, I think with seven fresh players and four guys backing up from 23s. Um, Weston only had two guys backing up from 23s. One of the Mason Donadell played, I'm pretty sure 180 minutes across the two games and just absolutely impressive. I don't, I'm, I'm fairly sure he didn't come off in the 23s game and then started again and, and scored the first goal. And it, was a, it was a cracking goal, great finish. Um, so uh, some amazing efforts from some of the younger guys in that Ugali team in the heat to play 100, 150 minutes. Um, so, yeah, really, really very impressive from that behalf. While the football wasn't great, um, the effort, especially from some of those Ugali boys, uh, really, really impressive. Um, look, um, was always going to be tough for Western um, travelling light, but as I said, Ugali are just as light. What that actually means for Ugali for the last two games, I think they've got to travel um, next week. So I, I'm just not so sure they were so light at playing at home. I just wonder how they're going to be. Um, on the road, but um, look, they'll be very, very happy that they've uh, stopped that uh, losing streak and, and kind of got back into it. Unfortunately for them, um, they, they can't catch Brenda Bella, so they're kind of they're stuck in second last, and Western um, now is stuck in last. So, you know, those two teams are kind of locked in where they are. So it'll be interesting to see how they both kind of play out the rest of the season, the last two games, and, you know, whether they try and blood a few younger guys through. I think both teams have been blooding younger guys through all season, not by choice. So, um, yeah, they'll just both have to carry on. But, um, yeah, look, it was a good game, played in very good spirits. And, um, look, Ugali were deserving winners. Matt, uh, what are our round 20 fixtures for CPL coming up? Our round 20 fixtures, we start with Wagga City Wanderers hosting Tuggerong United Saturday, September 3rd, 2.15pm at Gissing Oval. Brindabella Blues against Ugali. Saturday, September 3rd, 3pm at Ipen Park in Corwell. Queanbeyan City versus Western Malonglo. Saturday, September 3rd, 3pm at High Street. And ANU versus White Eagles. Saturday, September 3rd, 3.15pm at ANU South Oval. Uh, before we sign off, Webby, do any of those uh, matches stand out to you? There's uh, quite a lot to play for, actually, in most of these matches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, everybody's really, you know, like I said, Western and, and Ugali uh, don't have too much to play for and probably neither to Tuggeranong in, in, in that regard. But uh, everybody else has um, either a top four or a top two position um, that they're battling for. So, uh, really... I. 
the one that stands out to me probably is that ANU White Eagles game. I think that that there's a lot riding on that on multiple fronts. So that will be uh, that will be a very interesting one. That certainly is. Uh, any last words, Michael, before we sign off? No, I mean, look, those are some. There are some really good, good clashes sort of coming up this weekend that are going to certainly draw a lot of attention from you know fans all over sort of Canberra that sort of pay attention to CPL football and what's been going on. And we've already discussed at length numerous times throughout this episode, but there's a lot riding on sort of positions in and around that top four. So, I mean, the stakes, you know, are high. The The intensity is going to be at a all-time level, you know, with these teams trying to, you know, get themselves in the top four and hoping and relying on other results to go their way as well. So I think over the next sort of week or so, you're going to see some really, really competitive games with a lot on the line. So looking forward to it. And Webby, thanks for joining us. Any last words today besides the disappointment of uh, Newcastle drawing two Wolves? Uh, disappointed. I was very happy with that draw, to be honest. <laughs> um, you need, we need St. Max to score a worldie to get us. Yeah, that was a great goal. That was a great goal. Yeah. That was a great goal, yeah. Um, uh, I was more, I was definitely happy at the end of that game. <laughs> um, no, no, no. And uh, look, uh, really, just good luck to the to the teams in the next two rounds. But then, especially getting into finals and and back to the state ones. Um, yeah, good luck to ANU and Western. That that actually be a cracking game. That game. So um, if you don't want to get out to a Capital Premier League game, get out to that state league one final on Saturday. Indeed. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. That was episode 65 of the Canberra Football Show. Everything's hotting up as we enter the last two rounds of the season. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>